What's up, homies? Welcome back to another episode of the Outlook Industries podcast. It's your host, Trevor Johnson, back in the studio, creating another episode for you guys. Today, I have one of the co-owners of Cryptic Pro Scooters. He's 22 years old. He just graduated from the University of New Mexico. It's Wyatt Descalos. I hope I pronounced your last name right. Um, But yeah, Cryptic was where I got my first scooter back in the day. It was the uh, original KOS. Those things are sick, but uh, I miss it. But yeah, he he has been a part of that shop since he was growing up. His parents started it. It was just a really cool story to hear his backstory and everything about Cryptic. And to be in the sport since 2011 is insane because like scootering was barely anything back then. And there was like two other shops in America. So it was like they were the premier online scooter shop which was really cool and i got to talk to him about basically everything scootering and everything and the behind the scenes stuff that you don't really think about that much when it comes to shops and and it's just great to hear about how the community was built and how the shop was built and the whole like family dynamic and how he's kind of taking over as like the lead role now being uh 22 and graduating from the university of new mexico so yeah i really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you guys will too. Let's get right into it. It's the Outlook Podcast. Who are you at the Outlook Podcast? Yeah. Just who are you? We're talking to cool people. Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries Podcast. I'm here with Wyatt today. Wyatt, how's it going? Uh, really good. Yeah, I'm excited to do this. Thanks for uh, reaching out, and yeah, I'm stoked to you know be on your show. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking some time out to do this. It's kind of a time commitment, so uh, I just want to thank you for that utmost. Uh, and before we get into anything else, let's kind of talk about who you are. Uh, how old are you? Where do you live? Where did you grow up? Just kind of the basic like introductory kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I'm 22 years old. Um, I'm one of the co-owners, I guess, of Cryptic Pro Scooters. Uh, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So just, uh, you know, not that big of a city, just kind of in the middle of the U.S. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's been definitely kind of a crazy journey with the pro scooter industry and stuff like that that I've been on the last like 10 years or so. Uh, I started in the industry really young uh, with my family opening this shop. Um, so I, I don't know if you wanted to get into kind of some background stuff, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of like just the little el- elevator pitch of like my background, but yeah. Awesome. I do want to get into that, but let's start with kind of how you ended up getting into, I don't know. I was looking through your Instagram. You're obviously very outdoorsy. You like, uh, motorsports and stuff like that. Um, how did you get into like the scooter industry? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I started really young, um, probably I started like actually riding like pro scooters, like at eight years old. Um, and back then, you know, this is like 2007, 2008. So scootering looked looked nothing like scootering did today. Um, so I, I don't even know if anyone who's listening to this even like, you know, rode that long ago or, or remember what the scene was like, but, um, it was pretty much like, you know, bolted razors. And, uh, there was just like, just the beginning of uh, scooter companies getting started. And the way I actually got into the sport was through um, um, motocross, actually. I grew up racing motocross, um, and that was just like a kind of little side thing that a lot of the kids who raced did. 
Um, they, you know, go to the skate park with like razor scooters and go whip them around and that kind of stuff. And that's literally how I got into it. And I was super young and, um, yeah, it, it just kind of went, went from there, but my, my love for the sport definitely started really young. That's, that's crazy to be, uh, to be part of the industry that early is, uh, especially in Albuquerque, which is kind of like, not what you'd think is the beginning of, of scootering in that era. So, uh, I think yeah, that's pretty yeah. crazy. Also, how did you get into motocross and where, where did that come from? Uh, so like personally, you know, I started, I started riding and racing when I was really young. Um, it was just something that like, you know, my family was always into like motorcycles and stuff like that. And I had some friends who raced and that kind of stuff. So we started going to races and, um, yeah, it just kind of, you know, took off. I, I definitely liked it a lot. Uh, but you know, definitely once scootering, you know, entered my life, that was definitely like the bulk of my focus at that point. Um, definitely, especially after we started the shop, cause it was, it was definitely, you know, game on at that point. Yeah. How did you guys end up starting the shop? Um, was it kind of your idea? Was it your parents' idea? How did like you go about starting it and, uh, where did you just have like a little shop or a little brick and mortar or just online or like, how did you go about starting it all? Yeah, exactly. So like to kind of take you back to the early days of scootering in 2011 uh, is when we started. Uh, there was, like I said, the scooter industry was nothing like it was today. Um, there was just like maybe a handful of companies and they were just kind of getting started. Um, obviously, there was a few more established ones, but um, for the most part, as far as, you know, most of our companies that we carry today, you know, they're like just barely getting started. Um, and there just really wasn't that much of a market for like pro scooter stuff online specifically. Uh, and I come from a family of like very like entrepreneurial people and they're business owners. And, uh, you know, somehow I guess, you know, when I was 12 years old, I inspired my parents to, uh, open a scooter shop. Um, and it was mainly online at first. Um, that was kind of the main point of it. Cause back then there was maybe like, when we started, there was maybe two or three websites that you could actually buy like pro scooter parts from. Mm -hmm. Um, and two out of three of those are not even around anymore. So we were definitely one of the early ones in the U S obviously in Australia and, and overseas, you know, in Europe and stuff, there, there's some long, longer, you know, shops that have been around longer than us for sure. But, yeah. um, for the most part, yeah, you know, back in those early days, it was, it was, you know, there wasn't really that many places to buy scooter parts. So yeah, it, it was just a good idea at the time. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. How you guys saw that need and got kind of into it. Um, when did you end up opening up like a storefront? That was in 2014. And so between the years of like 2011 and 2015 is probably when we saw the most growth of the sport uh, from just being this little tiny thing, you know, to actual companies coming out and like, you know, producing better products and, and, and you know, like the, the first major growth of the sport from being almost nothing to like what it is now really happened in those early years. Um, and, and it has been growing pretty much ever since, but, um, yeah, it, it just got so crazy, like in our local community and stuff like that, that they knew about the shop. We had a shop in town, stuff like that. So we just had to like actually open our doors and have hours and that kind of stuff for, for, yeah. uh, you know, riders to come in and, you know, build scooters and that kind of stuff. Yeah. How did you see the scene in Albuquerque grow when you opened the shop? So in Albuquerque, you know, it's definitely not the Mecca of scootering. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like Southern California or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but we definitely did foster a, a really awesome community here over the years. And it's, you know, it's probably the biggest it's ever been actually this year. Um, and a lot of riders who come here, you know, they're really surprised to realize, you know, there is such a, you know, awesome scene here. 
Um, and that's probably due to, you know, because we have a shop here and that's why I think it's so important for, you know, like local scooter shops to exist because mm -hmm. that's really what fosters like a local scene. And, um, it's kind of unfortunate, you know, there's really not that many of them, um, I guess on the local level. Um, but I mean, everything's, you know, moving to digital and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, there's different ways that, you know, the community is kind of, you know, taking, taking it to the next level. Yeah. Sweet. For sure. I remember your guys's, uh, old old website way back in the day because i i ordered a my first ever pro scooter which was a uh, kos back in 2013 um from you guys and i loved that thing and i was just like how was getting found and did you guys like pay for google ad space or like how did you get on the top of like scooter shop like search results yeah you know so that was definitely uh it, you know, there's not like a single answer to it, definitely. But yeah, for the most part, it's just being in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, we were, you know, an early shop and uh, we had we had a lot of or just organic ranking just because, you know, we were an established brand. And back then, um, I was trying to remember, like, you know, like scooter companies and especially the retailers, retailers and stuff online, you know, they weren't it was definitely more of like a side gig. And then like, you know, when we got involved, we really kind of tried to elevate it and we're, you know, tried yeah. to you know, try to run it like an actual business. Like we had a phone number and hours and, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, you know, back then it was more so, uh, there was just like little shops that tried to sell online. Um, for us, it was like, you know, online all the way. Cause like I said, we're, you know, not in the Mecca of scootering. We're not in Southern California, I guess in our yeah. case, but, um, so, so yeah, we definitely, you know, try to take advantage of, of the online scene early on. Um, and that's probably why, you know, we're still around today. Yeah. Um, when did you start working at uh, cryptic and when did you like almost like have a job? Did you do that from the beginning or like, did you hit a certain age and then start working there or like, how did that? Right. Work? Cause I was like super you young. young yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I definitely like convinced my parents to like get going, um, and stuff like that. And, yeah, you know, I, I definitely, it was kind of weird. I was like 12 years old and I was training my parents on like, you know, what a compression is and what a fork is and, yeah. you know, all the, like, you know, all the components that it takes to build a scooter. So, you know, I've been involved right away from like day one. Um, yeah, it's pretty much been like, you know, we're coming up on 10 years now, uh, in May or in July and yeah, yeah pretty much from day one, I, I've definitely been involved in some capacity, but probably when I was like, you know, 14, 15, 16, uh, since then, it's just been, you know, it's like, I'm like, anybody who grew up in a family business, they kind of know, you know, it's like, you're like, kind of, you know, involved. <laughs> no yeah, matter all the way do. through. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely been like that. Um, and, you know, I've learned a lot too, which is awesome. Um, and to totally even up until now, where I'm like, really taking over things. Uh, it's yeah. Been, yeah, it's been awesome to be able to have all that experience and watch the scooter industry grow to what it is. Yeah, I saw on your uh, Instagram page that you're going to University of New Mexico, right? Uh, yeah, I just graduated, actually. So just I graduated. graduated with a business degree, um, just kind of, you know, seemed relevant and everything. So In um, finance, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a business degree in finance. Um, that's, like, something I'm passionate about, you know, just outside of, uh, you know, the, like, scooter industry and, like, our, this business and stuff like that. It's just investing yeah. overall. So, like, on a personal level, that's, you know, what, what I really enjoy. Yeah. Are you, are you looking at going elsewhere with that? Are you using it to build cryptic more? Are you looking at starting anything else? Like what are your kind of your goals? 
So like on a personal level, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always pretty much be involved with cryptic, but um, yeah, I definitely have, you know, personal goals of my own and that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, I, I'd say not so much from an investing standpoint, but just from my overall business standpoint, um, there's definitely a few different things that, you know, I kind of do on the side. Uh, but for the most part, you know, cryptic is to t- t- takes up the bulk of my like mental bandwidth. So like, it's, yeah. it's definitely the bulk of my time for sure. Uh, you know, it is like, you know, we're, you know, we're not like the biggest, you know, shop around, but you know, it's a, you know, it's a big operation. We, you know, we, yeah. we ship out, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of you know orders a year. So. Yeah, no, it, it seems like quite a, uh, quite a job for, I don't know. Are you like main head now? Of Pretty Kirby? much. Yeah. So like definitely in the last couple of years, I've definitely kind of assumed like a, a head role for sure. Okay. You know, I kind of, you know, it, this was always kind of like, um, you know, an interesting dynamic between like my parents and me, just cause you know, this is like the sport, you know, I love and grew up with and, yeah. you know, Rogan and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, they kind of, you know, understood stuff, you know, definitely on the business end of things early on. So, yeah. um, just kind of meshing those two things together. And now, uh, you know, I've definitely taken on more of like a, you know, head role. That, that's awesome. How many employees do you have? Um, it, it depends like, if they're full-time or not, but like, you know, probably four, I'd say, okay. uh, between they're not all full-time obviously, but you know, we yeah. have like four people that, you know, work for us. Um, and, and different things, you know, we work not technically on like an employee level, but you know, we contract work out and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Um, when did you guys start like sponsoring riders? Man, we had a team like early on, like in the early days, but yeah. I'd say really when like, we tried to sponsor writers. I mean, it's been the whole time. Like a lot of people don't know this, but we were like Clayton Lindley's first sponsor. Yeah. Um, same with uh, like Jordan Bow, who isn't like a scooter rider now, but you know, definitely, you know, big name. He's a big name. Yeah, for sure. So like all these different writers, um, you know, we were super friendly with like the Funk brothers and, and d- different people early on um, who we tried to help out. But um, I'd say like from actually trying to sponsor, it's been off and on definitely throughout the whole year. Like, or with throughout the whole last 10 years, but yeah, uh, I'd say definitely in the last year, we've taken a lot more seriously. So we're really trying to build like a pretty stacked team. What is the uh, biggest thing that you've learned from being like from either owning cryptic or working at cryptic or growing up kind of at that entrepreneurial mindset? What, what was like the best thing and like what you've learned? Yeah. Probably just to like, if you have an idea to go with it, uh, yeah. you know, there's really nothing, you know, I was like only 12 years old when, you know, we started this thing. Um, and it, 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 you know, without like that, you know, trust and commitment, definitely, you know, early on that this is going to be, you know, like a viable sport and, you know, it'd be able to, you know, build a business and stuff like that. Um, you, you know, you have to have like that trust and you have to have, you know, some amount of, um, just like gut feeling that, you know, you got to go with something. And, you know, I definitely give a lot of credit to my parents for sure, because it's like, you know, not a lot of parents probably take advice from their 12 year old kid yeah. you know, to, 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 to start a business at least. So, uh, it's pretty cool how, you know, we, you know, definitely made it, you know, something successful. So, so that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what else let's kind of change directions. Uh, what, if you're not dealing with cryptic or you're not scootering, what do you find yourself doing and what do you like to do with your free time? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I, you know, I, I work super hard on, on all my like side projects and stuff like that. So like I said, you know, I have like other little business endeavors and uh, things I, uh, things I try to do to, you know, just like expand my personal, you know, to- toolbox of, you know, knowledge. Um, so, 
I'm pretty much always working on something. Um, yeah. but you know, I'm super fascinated with like digital media type of stuff. So like, uh, whether that be, you know, like photography, videography, and, um, just overall like digital marketing type of stuff is, uh, you know, yeah. what I tend to do a lot with my free time. Uh, and I still ride motorcycles too. So uh, I don't race as much anymore, but, uh, as far as the motocross thing goes, you know, I'm usually, you know, on a dirt bike on the weekends. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what kind of camera do you use and what do you use to film with and what are your like favorite shots to take and, and kind of like the whole cinematography thing? <laughs> uh, I shoot on Sony cameras. So as far as like my latest cameras, the Sony a seven S three, um, that's more of like a video centric camera, but, um, I've shot on Sony cameras pretty much the entire time. I had like an a seven R two before that. And, um, that's pretty much it as far as like yeah. between the balance video and photo and stuff like that. I mean, I do both, um, anything like action sports related. I definitely enjoy scootering. I do a lot of like marketing stuff for, you know, different businesses and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Sweet. Why Sony? Uh, it, I mean, that's tough. Uh, you know, once you kind of like pick a brand, you're kind of married to it cause you have all the lenses and stuff. Um, yes. and, but I've bounced around, you know, a couple of times. So, you know, I shot on Nikon in the beginning, but, um, Sony, man, they were like killing it like three years ago when they came out with like all the new mirrorless stuff. So yes. like I definitely hopped on board, but it seems like everyone else is catching up. Like, you know, I don't follow it too close, but uh, yeah. those new cannons look pretty sweet. Yeah. I I've been shooting on a Canon 90 D so I've been really enjoying okay. that. It's works great. More kind of centric, but more video related. So uh, yeah, for sure. working on it that way. Um, what do you use to edit? Uh, Final Cut Pro for video stuff. And then, you know, of course, the Adobe stuff for photos. So Lightroom, Photoshop. Yeah, sweet. Um, cool. When, like, were you ever pro for scootering? No. So, yeah, a lot of people ask me that. But um, yeah. it would seem like I would be just, you know, growing up in a scooter, you know, in, inside the business and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I was really never like a pro rider. Um, you know, I definitely, you know, I can do you know, all the, you know, fundamentals, you know, yeah. I can butter up and, you know, stuff like that. You know, I was like, once it got to like, I don't know, once I kind of got old enough where I was like, you know, really trying to get good and stuff like that, like I probably wasn't on a level that I should have been where, you know, it was like appropriate for me to be pro right. or anything like that. Um, and, you know, I did get burnt out there, you know, a couple of years uh, just because, you know, it's like, you know, you live this like 24 seven is like, you know, scootering. So it's like kind of hard. Um, and, and then I was like super focused on, you know, like motocross, you know, at one point. So uh, definitely the scootering was like, you know, not totally at the top of my priorities. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, I've ridden, you know, ever since I still ride today. So, um, but not pro by any means. Yeah, of course. That's, I mean, that's the best way to do it. I think it, it almost puts too much stress on you on some people to ride pro. Um, just like, it's a lot to, to ask for a lot of people and it kind of takes the fun out of it for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, totally. But like, what is pro? You know what I mean? It's those, like, there's a lot of riders now that like, yeah, no kidding. The best, so like, they're not, you know, the best rider. Like what, so what, how do you categorize it? How do you describe it? Well, uh, whether I, they're YouTubers or, you know, if they're competing at the, the highest level, it's like, you know, like you can't really define pro, you know, at this point, I, I don't, well, think. I think the definition of pro, as far as like other action sports is concerned, is it's not really about like how good you are. It's more about if you can live off of writing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, you know, I guess as being a professional, you know, that's definitely yeah. the, the right description for sure. So, but I mean, like, 
you know, there's definitely riders out there, you know, that like, I definitely won't name any names, but uh, you yeah. know, they're not the best riders by any means. Um, and they're pros so, um, but they're, you know, they're still super good in their own right. And they, they, you yeah. know, they still do stuff and they do make a living off of, uh, you know, the industry and the sport. Um, and, and you know, it's like, okay, are they pros or are they not? It's like, so I, I'd say, yeah, being pro isn't necessarily just competing at the highest level. Yeah, which is interesting because that used to just be the definition because that's why you'd make your money and your sponsors because there wasn't social media. So that whole new dynamic has been interesting for action sports, seeing it as you know we've grown up. Um, what kind of what was I going to ask? Um, what like do you have you seen through scootering that like has really grown the sport? Like what specific events can you think of? Um, Probably the biggest single event that's grown the sport is probably the Nitro World Games. Um, yeah. That was like probably the first actual major media event around scootering. Yeah. Um, and I'm super involved. And like what I'm really passionate about is just like the overall industry and elevating the sport of scootering because, you know, yeah. this is like way bigger than our shop and way bigger than, um, you know, what any like one single, you know, person's probably doing today. But like just overall getting mass media attention. Um, is definitely something our sports totally struggled with, like you, getting into like a, a big event of any kind. Um, and what's really going to take the sport to the next level um, yeah. is what, you know, I like to think about a lot and uh, you know, cause that benefits everyone that, who's involved for sure. I yeah. think, I, I think, um, you know, there's a couple things that, you know, probably should happen in, in, in our sport at this point. Um, but yeah, just kind of interesting to see how it's going to play out. What things do you think should happen? So I think we need like some si some sort of like mass media event, you know, around sco the scooter industry yeah. um, to get her out of our bubble a little bit. Because um, definitely like one of the things that's elevated it even beyond like what I said last uh, was like the Nitro World Games was just YouTube in general. I mean, yeah. the sport would not be anywhere without, um, you know, kind of like a few key people on YouTube who built it. Um, yeah definitely they're responsible for i'd say you know 30 to 40 percent of you know the bulk of the scootering in the you know that in, yeah. in the world yeah. but but as far as getting like mass media attention um i do think scootering uh needs to kind of be solidified as an action sport um i don't know if, if like going to x games is the right step and i don't even think they would um you know entertain the idea but um so, something along that lines and i give you know like kudos to uh you know nitro circus for taking it on for sure because they, yeah. they've done they've done an awesome job you know promoting the sport they're so stoked on every action sport and you can tell and that's what's really awesome um this is what i was going to ask and it kind of changes direction but what have you seen from graduating from college the kind of transition out of college and into like the real world and what have you seen like problems your friends have faced or problems that you have faced just after graduating kind of entering yeah, man. It, it, yeah, it's tough. You know, you don't really know what you want to do. You don't know what the right step is. Uh, but, you know, when you're younger, you know, that's the time to, you know, take risks and, and, and do things and try things because, uh, you know, you don't want to be, you know, down the road and looking back and saying, oh, man, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. So, yeah, uh, I definitely say, yeah, like, you know, it was definitely hard for me to make a decision whether or not I was going to go do. I'm um... oh, sorry about that. Give me one second. No, you're good. Yeah, sorry. Business never really ends over here, so. No, it does not. But I'll wait for that to go through, and then get started. 
My bad, Trevor. No, you're perfectly fine. I understand for sure. You're running a shop, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you want me to start from the top there? The last thing I was talking about? No, you can just continue if you remember where you're at. Okay. All right. For sure. Uh, so I'd say as far as, um, just I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So as far as like, you know, it was, a, it was a hard decision for me to, you know, like, all right, you know, we're going to, you know, start trying to scale the business like full time and that kind of stuff instead of me trying to go do my own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, more so on like a personal professional, like career level and stuff like that. So that was definitely a hard decision to make. Um, and you know, nobody, there's, there is no right answer. There's no like right path for, you know, everyone, but yeah, uh, whatever you can do that, you know, you're passionate about and, and, you know, you can make a living doing, um, you know, it's definitely worth pursuing it. I think in the next, like in the next, you know, couple decades, you know, like all these new jobs that, you know, didn't exist before, like, you know, <laughs> my parents, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty like, you know, traditional, like, you know, go to school and, you know, work and, you know, earn money and that kind of stuff, or like you start a business from scratch and, you know, that, you know, they totally did that. But now with, you know, social media and YouTube and so, you know, it's like all these opportunities exist for people today that it, you know, like people 20 years ago didn't even dream of. Yeah. It's crazy. The amount of people that I know that have social media jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I'm one of them. I'm, I'm like truly yeah. one of them too. So like, you know, I'm like, that's like part of my responsibilities too. So like, that's definitely something that didn't exist probably even like five years ago. And it's something you can make, you know, a ton of money doing and, you know, be passionate about it and be in an industry that you enjoy. Yeah. Sweet. Well, what, what do you think are the next steps for cryptic and what do you see for kind of the future? Uh, yeah. So personally for us, um, you know, like kind of my job a little bit is to scale the business up um, and kind of, you know, try to, try to be more involved with the sport is definitely something that we've struggled with, uh, for sure. And part of that's just not being in, you know, like the Mecca of scootering, but, yeah. um, uh, from an outside point of view, uh, uh, we're trying to, you know, definitely be better in all areas. Um, I do think we probably like, if you're going to go buy a scooter online, we're, we're definitely probably the best place to do it. Um, yeah. like, and I'm not even like lying because, you know, we own the business, you know, but, you know, we have like real customer service. We have like, you know, a real phone number. You can actually call up and talk to us or one of our techs here. Like we'll help you out. Like, you know, there's a lot of like these other websites that pop up and stuff like that. It's like, okay, you might get the scooter in like, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, you know, they take forever to ship and stuff like that. But yeah. from us personally, like, you know, That's you're going to have that support and yeah, you're, you're going to have, you know, like a place you can call and, and reach out and stuff like that. Um, and, and what we try super hard on is to really benefit like our riders and stuff like that. People are loyal to us. Um, and you know, we have probably the best shipping rates and, you know, all of the scootering industry, at least in America. Yeah, no, that's crazy because you guys, that's kind of has to be your focus because your scene isn't as big as it could be in other places. Have you thought about opening other storefronts? Yeah, definitely. It's been a consideration. Like, uh, we were you know, actually talked about this not too long ago. Um, it, it'd be a lot to take on. I, I'd say storefronts aren't necessarily our focus just because, you know, the bulk of it is online and, you know, where our scene is and, and kind of where there is huge communities, there's already shops. So I feel like we'd be kind of going in and like, you know, splitting up a, you know, existing community, yeah. you know, where, where shops are located and stuff like that. But there's definitely like um, opportunity out there. So, you know, we haven't totally ruled it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just, a, it's just kind of hard to get your name out there. I, I understand that as like not having 
necessarily a place for a lot of your riders to hang out because lots of people get that like community with their shop being able to hang out at you know like an actual place or have jams or stuff like that and it's kind of hard when you guys are all spread out everywhere i i totally understand that um yeah what what have you seen as far as like you guys have worked on like video projects and stuff for people right at some point uh, yeah yeah definitely what are you talking about like youtube or, or like youtube or like fires? edits yeah yeah definitely more so in the past and you know we've done like woodward trips with our team and, and stuff like that definitely you know and early on you know we were doing a lot of stuff but um lately you know yeah i mean we we one of our employees actually is like a super good writer um he's coming out with a part we're helping him out with you know this this year so um, really excited for him and then a few of our newer writers and stuff like that yeah we're super you know we try to encourage everyone to uh, come out with video projects and that kind of stuff yeah um, I've also seen a lot of other shops transition to selling multiple different action sports instead of just scooters have you guys ever thought about that yeah it's definitely a consideration and not something we totally you know rule out but um yeah man I'm so like devoted to scootering and stuff like that it's hard to you know get out of like the the niche of scootering but um yeah I think it would have to be, you know, bigger than cryptic, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, we've considered. And, uh, there's a lot of like sports that are kind of like synonymous with scootering now. So like fingerboarding and that kind of stuff that we've seen yeah. like, take, uh, take holds. Uh, but you know, we haven't really gotten into that scene very much, but yeah, definitely we're always like looking for opportunity and that kind of stuff. So, uh, down the road, I like can't give you for sure answer on that, but it's definitely something we're looking at. Yeah. Um, the other question I have is how did you guys go about creating like merchandise where did you go through originally for that? And kind of, do you have like a local guy printing them? Do you order them in? Like, how do you go about creating your own merchandise? Man, yeah, I've done like every, man, we've, we've done like everything we've gone We've gone through local uh, print shops. We've done through online vendors, uh, specialty suppliers and stuff like that. And probably the best way to do it for like, are you talking about like shirts specifically or like, yeah, shirts specifically or kind of any kind of merch, just both answers. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like the new on, like all the on-demand printing websites are so good. Like, they're, Oh yeah. Like I'm super blown away by like the quality of that stuff. Like five years ago, like wasn't very good quality. Um, but like the new stuff is like, yeah, they, they definitely are able to make like good, good shirts and good, good merch and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and like anyone can do it, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Well, um, you have, you, you have a girlfriend, right? I do. Yeah. I see a lot of pictures of her. what did you guys like meet and what's kind of your story? <laughs> uh, I mean, we're like high school sweethearts. So like, oh. actually I've known her since I like, we've like grew up going to school together and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So like personally, <laughs> yeah, we've been together a while. Um, and it's, you know, pretty cool. You know, not a lot of people, you know, have like a story like that, but, um, you know, we kind of cherish that and it's been really awesome. You know, the last, like we've been together like six years now. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. crazy, but, uh, yeah, time flies. Yeah. And then like, I, you know, I tell like my, uh, younger siblings and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you never know when you're going to meet someone that's for sure. Yeah. That's for me. It was just like really early and, you know, we're like best friends. It's, it's like, the that's whole- perfect. Is she involved in at Cryptic at all? Uh, she's not. No, but she um she like runs her own YouTube and actually one second, Trevor. I'm sorry. No, you got it. Go for it. Actually, this one can wait, but I'll let it ring through though, so it doesn't mess you up. Yeah, I know. Um. Yeah. So, 
all right, I'll kind of start from the top there for you. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so, like, my girlfriend, like, she's not really involved with cryptic, per se. You know, she definitely, like, helps me out, um, you know, just on moral support and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, she's doing her own thing on YouTube, and uh, she comes from a family who, you know, owns businesses and stuff like that. So, she has a really similar story to me where she, like, grew up in these uh, kind of, like, family businesses, and she's, like, taking on roles inside of there and, and that kind of stuff. So, it's pretty cool. We have, like, similar stories. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Especially because entrepreneurs kind of think different about everything and like you're willing to take risks for money, like that aren't always, don't always seem like the best. So I think it's good that you guys have kind of that same story. So you kind of understand what, what it's like. Um, did you guys go to the same school, like college? Uh, yeah. So I ended up graduating. She did She just started like working. Well, she went to school for like two years and just decided she wanted to work right away. Okay. Um, but similar thing, kind of like what we were talking about, you know, it's hard definitely being at like, um, you know, how old are you? Uh, 21. 21. Okay. So we're like pretty much the same age, you know, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? You know, it's uh -huh. not, it's not like a question most people can answer like, you know, right away. So, um, you know, for her, you know, she's kind of on that journey too. And, you know, we're trying to figure everything out together, but, um, you know, super excited about her YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I try to help her with that and stuff and like the technical video stuff. So. Yeah, she's got a YouTube that. channel. What does she do on a YouTube yeah. channel? She does like health and beauty product reviews and oh, nice. uh, kind of lifestyle stuff. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead and oh, shout it out real quick. Why not? Yeah. Her name is Melanie Lee. Yeah. <laughs> you can check her out. She's uh she's got like 10 K now, I think so. Sweet. Almost, maybe almost 10 K, but yeah, so she's working on that. So I'm super proud of her and yeah, and she's, um, you know, it's YouTube's a, a, a slow and long grind, you know, that's, that's how it is for like 90% of people. Like very few people do it overnight. It's a, it's a beast. Yeah. YouTube's a beast. It's a lot of commitment. It's like anything else. So it's just a lot of work. Um, yeah. How often does she upload? You know? uh, yeah. She's on a schedule. She tries to go three times a week. Uh, and that's like a super important thing to be on a schedule for any yeah. YouTuber. So like the, the best uh, you can get to being on a schedule, I think, you know, you kind of get rewarded for that. So yeah. Um, you know, that's what she tries to do at least is, you know, two to three times a week, I think. Did you ever try to do the YouTube thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I was always too, like, you know, I I'd get way too wrapped up in like actually making the content. And then like, by the time, you know, it came to like doing the YouTube stuff, um, you know, I was just like, so either burnt out or like, I would just try way too hard to make in the video and not really so hard on like the pr promoting side of it and like yeah. emails and that kind of stuff. But for cryptic though, I mean, we have a YouTube channel and I work on that and um, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's not easy. I give a lot of credit to the guys who, you know, have a lot of commitment and, you know, it takes, takes hundreds and hundreds of, tr you know, videos to, to really, you know, you got to build like your network of um, yeah, how yeah. many you know, impressions you're getting. So. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's definitely something that we're focusing on a lot at Cryptic is to, uh, you know, grow our digital presence. Yeah, you really have to build like that file of like, like the first hundred videos or whatever. Like you don't, you can't really expect much, which is crazy. Like the, the entrance is kind of hard. But yeah, the, the, everyone's kind of probably tried the YouTube thing in our, our age group. Like, oh yeah, for sure. It's um, like the number one career that kids want as, yeah, as kids growing yeah. up now, which is insane. Yeah, I think that's wild. Um, and I think it's awesome, too. It just shows, like, um, you know, how the world's changing. And yeah. that's, you know, not something that, um, you know, probably I didn't really see it when I was younger as, like, a career. Even though it was, like, happening in front of my eyes, you know, like, 
I was at like these early competitions and like Tanner was walking around with like, you know, this camera and stuff like that. And he was like filming and, and I was like, Hey, that's cool. Um, but I never like thought of it at a point of like what it, you know, is now, you like know, monetizing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's blown me away for sure. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, I wish I got on that earlier on, especially with like cryptics so far. Cause you know, we're definitely behind the game on the, uh, on our YouTube channel and just digital presence overall, social media, that kind of stuff. You know, I definitely didn't probably give that much of my focus until recently. Yeah. I mean, digital, digital presence is really important, especially for growing a brand. Any brand nowadays that's trying to grow, I think digital presence is, is very important just to get your name out there and stuff. And, and lots of bigger companies are just finally starting to transition over to that idea, which is great. But I think there's going to be a lot more social media jobs at bigger companies popping up. Definitely. So that's going to be, it's going to be cool to see just how Definitely. different, different, like these super big companies that have been around forever, try to embrace it. It's just been super interesting to see that. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, so like something that, you know, I learned a lot about recently is uh, just like how a lot of these companies are viewing their, you know, not necessarily like just social media, but they're all digital presence and stuff like that. The content marketing, um, you know, a lot of these companies are really like, you know, they, they sell their product or they do their service, but really the bulk of it is like their media portion of it. It's like, you know, there are the, 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 they do the best at what they do, portraying it digitally through videos or social media or whatever. Um, and, and, and that kind of, you know, it's like a self-feedback loop. seems like. Yeah. Who do you kind of look for, look to for inspiration as far as filming and pictures and stuff like that? Oh man, that's tough. Um, as far as like filming, um, I don't probably know any like names off the top of my head. I mean, I follow a whole bunch of super talented people who, you know, do all the yeah. digital media type of stuff. Um, but, um, there's probably not like one specific person. Um, yeah. I'd say just overall like inspiration stuff like that. It's probably like, you know, Elon Musk and you know, all these yeah. uh, awesome, you know, super successful people you know, business people, you know, from fundamentally, you know, they're businessmen, um, you know, right away. So I try to, you know, take just the overall, you know, business school approach to, you know, trying to like scale, you know, like how, how do you take like a, you know, a little business into, you know, a big business, you know, I've kind of watched that happen over the last year, but obviously, you know, like scootering is only so big and that's why I think it's so crucial and important to elevate the sport to like a new level. Um, so I was kind of speaking to that earlier, and I think one of the things that needs to happen is like we need to bring in outside sponsors for, you know, some of these top level pros. And it's happened yeah. a little bit with Nitro Circus, but like, why is there no energy drink sponsors in scootering? Yeah, and that's it's like maybe there is like, like, and it, I, I think that would push the sport to the next level. That would solidify scootering as an action sport um, just like that much more to get it like over that little hurdle of, okay, then it's like, you know, just like the, the bigger it is, you have all these like network externalities and the more people start riding and uh, you know, like the whole thing, more companies, more, more this, more that. Well, it'd be cool to see like vans went from skateboards and then they started like their BMX line of shoes. They could totally do the same thing with scooters. Um, yeah, it's that totally. kind of thing. Those are kind of the, we need a mainstream brand that's loosely related to scootering or is related to something else, but is mainstream. Um, to build the sport. Cause it's kind of like, I feel like there's a lifestyle thing that needs to happen where like thrasher started getting worn by like all these celebrities. Right. So we yeah. need like a scooter brand that kind of pushes into that mainstream. I think that would help a lot. 
Totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think what's super cool is like what Undialed is doing with, uh, you know, Puma. I think that's right. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think that's more of, I don't know necessarily that's like specifically a scooter related thing, more of like an influencer type of deal. But, um, I mean, that's, that's a step in the right direction, right? It's like bringing in outside attention, um, into our sport. And that's really what's gonna, you know, kind of push it to the next level. Cause a lot of these pros, um, or like, you know, pros, like we were talking about, um, yeah. are, you know, they're at this point where it's like, okay, they're making a living off of, uh, you know, the industry somehow, uh, whether that's through like, you know, digital media or YouTube or sponsors or whatever it is. Um, but like to really get it to that next level, um, you know, you, you got to get outside attention and just grow the, you know, like the scootering industry is only so big right now. Um, it's like, what's going to take it to, you know, push it to the next level. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I totally agree with, with that. Um, also, I have a couple more questions for you before we end. Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Man, yeah, I wish I knew like the exact answer to that. Um, but, you know, I'd be super happy if uh, I could grow cryptic to like, a you know, you know, definitely somewhat bigger than it is now. Um, whether that's kind of what we talked about, you know, growing into different you know, like overall action sports or uh, just, uh, you know, doing something um, more so on the media end of things. But, um, you know, if I, if I could look back at the, uh, like the, the next 10 years and, and did something positive for the overall industry, uh, th- that would be, you know, really, really awesome for me. Yeah. Do you think you'll be in Albuquerque? Um, man, that stuff. I mean, I do like it here for sure. Uh, but I think I'll be traveling around a lot <laughs> for yeah. sure. Where is um, your favorite place you've traveled? Speaking of that. Oh, definitely Hawaii. Yeah. That's yeah. like, yeah, I'd move there if I, if, I, if, uh, if I could run an online business out of there, that'd be awesome. But I right. can't really, well, if you have to ship things. So yeah. <laughs> Hawaii is beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my last question for you is, uh, what is your meaning of life and why? And, um, probably more so to like, you know, follow your passion and, and definitely do something that, you know, you kind of wake up every day and you're like, wow, this is cool. You know, I get to do this. Like, don't, um, just take like, you know, the play it safe route. I, I'd say like my overall meaning of life is overall meaning of life is, you know, to, take risks and like follow your passion. Um, and you know, that, you know, that's, you, you know, you, nobody gets anywhere by, you know, not trying anything. You just have to yeah. try things and, you know, t- uh, you know, attempt at things. Yeah. I think that's really important. You, you, yeah. the whole, that's probably like, not the best answer, but no, the whole, <laughs> like mind. you, uh, you miss every shot that you don't take kind of thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Is a, is a great mindset to have in life. Yeah. For sure. And like we were just talking about, uh, you know, like YouTube specifically and, uh, you know, cryptic and, you know, cryptic, you know, we had a great timing, you know, we were in, in the beginning and stuff like that. Um, you, you know, if you can spot trends early on, definitely like jump on the, you know, jump on an opportunity. And then also like, you know, the best time to plant a tree was like 20 years ago, but the best next time is right now. So it's yeah. like, if you want to do YouTube or if you want to do something, it's like, don't wait, you know, it's like, it's like now is like the time to jump on an opportunity. Well, the, the thing that I, I talked to uh, Roman Delapena the other day, um, and he is one of those kids that's like many people that don't start YouTube. They're like, oh, I don't have a camera. Oh, I don't have editing software. Like I can't do it. He started his whole YouTube channel for the first like 150 vid- videos on his iPhone with iMovie. So like yeah. if you have any problem like starting YouTube, just like use your phone. Like your yeah. phone's a great tool. Everyone has one and the video quality, you can't really even tell a difference. 
Totally. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's incredible for sure. Like I'm blown away by like what he's been able to do. And like, you know, there's a lot of people who like just film on their iPhones and it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like, um, actually, like I know, I know of a YouTuber with well over a million subscribers who started on their phone, like would film these review type videos on their f- iPhone. Yeah. Um, with like one ring light and an iPhone, like a, you know, very, yeah. very simple setup. And, you know, he's, you know, well on oh, over a million subscribers now. So it's, it's totally, it's not the equipment. It's definitely what you do with it. Exactly. It's definitely. And, and what I've learned about cinematography is it's mostly lighting. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's> <laughs> like, like your camera can only do so much. If your lighting's bad, it's still going to look bad. So you could, have, you could have the best camera in the world, but if your lighting is messed up and yeah, but yeah, yeah. ring light is definitely a good start. Um, yeah. Speaking of cinematography and stuff like that, that's another thing that, you know, I, like I think about this stuff all day long, but, um, something that would just like propel the sport of scootering. Uh, it's like, why don't we have any type of, you know, like mainstream, like document, not even like a documentary, but like any type of media on like a big platform, like Netflix or, or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, I see like, there's like documentaries on cup stacking and stuff like that, which is probably arguably a smaller industry. Uh, Or, you know, like these different like little niche things, it's like we should totally have. um, And that's something that, you know, I've definitely thought about a lot in doing is like, you know, trying to um, try to get more attention for the overall sport by, you know, doing something like that on like a filmmaking point of view. I've always wanted to do a documentary like of that level, like an actual like cinematography, like professional level documentary would be super awesome. And, uh, I'm moving in with Sam and he's a film student. So hopefully we can get some sort of something done. That would be yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah. So yeah, let me know. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, like scootering's not that big. If, you know, if, if there's someone out there listening to this who like wants to get sponsored or wants to, you know, be a writer, wants to be involved in the industry or something, you know, you can know almost everyone in the sport. Like it's yeah. such a great time, you know, it's like, it's not too big where it's like, you know, you can't like reach out and like meet these people. So, um, yeah, like, if, like, you know, if you, you know, want to pursue the documentary type of thing, then yeah, definitely reach out and, you know, we can, yeah, you know, that's the, uh, the craziest thing I've learned about doing these podcasts is just how accessible everybody is. Like I've had only like positive responses basically to, um, asking people to be on these podcasts. Like obviously everyone's busy as summer starting, but, but it's been it's been super refreshing just to see how accepting everybody is in the industry. And, and yeah, if you guys just reach out to your favorite writers or whatever, they're probably going to respond. Like most of them are really nice. So. Yeah, totally. And we're all in, all in it together, at least in the scootering, you know, industry, it's like, yeah. you know, we're all trying to, you know, elevate each other. So, I mean, I saw you had like Cody Foam on and stuff like that. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. You know, that's, that was like, you know, so cool that, you know, like reaching out to cause he's like one of the big names in the sport now. And so it's yeah. like, but like, like I say, you know, like a rising tide floats all boats. So exactly the, the move. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy that Cody was able to come on. Like I can't, I had like a mutual friend that had some connection to him. So, so That's we awesome. got it figured out, but th- yeah, still blows my mind that that actually happened. So, especially so soon, I didn't even have like anything posted when I had Cody on. So, so that was a cool, super cool experience. Um, yeah, well, uh, thank you, Wyatt, for uh, coming on. Yeah, you got it, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I'm like stoked with everything you're doing in the show. Uh, and, yeah. you know, so like, I think it's so cool having a, 
you know, like I know, you, you know, you do like a lot of action sports industries and stuff like that, but like, you know, just being involved with the scooter industry and uh, having a podcast is really awesome. So, yeah, well, I, I, my idea is kind of to bring in more eyes from different action sports into scootering and just scootering eyes onto other action sports. I think we're all kind of in the same, the same boat together. Um, but my heart is always going to be in scootering because that's where I've grown up. So that's kind of my focus at the moment. Um, yeah, it's just been quite a journey already and I, I'm working at getting to those 20 episodes. So yeah, that's awesome. The, I heard from what was Logan Paul or somebody that most podcasts don't make it to seven episodes. So I made sure to get seven episodes done before I posted a single episode. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. I just wanted to kind of make sure that I was willing to do it. Um, it's just been super cool. So yeah, where can we follow you? Oh man. So like, like me personally, like my at is just my name at Wyatt Desklos, but um, cryptic man. Yeah. You can follow the cryptic page. So that's at cryptic pro scooters on Instagram. That'd be awesome. Yeah, guys go ahead and uh, get your stuff from cryptic. If you're in the area or not, like obviously oh, yeah. like Wyatt or somebody else at cryptic will uh, pack your package. So, Oh yeah. That's super personal. Um, but yeah, if you guys are listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. That would mean the world to me. And if you're listening on Apple, please go down and give me five stars. That would that would also help this podcast grow a lot. And we're just trying to get more eyes on scootering. And uh, I want you guys to be able to hear from your favorite companies and your favorite riders and have a closer connection with everybody. So that's kind of the idea behind this podcast. And I hope you guys are enjoying the episodes. I, I hope you have a great morning, day, night, whatever time it is where you're at. And I'll see you guys in the next one.